Welcome to my podcast on everything about health. I'm your host, Becca, and here we will be discussing basic information on every topic. We will cover everything from physical health, spiritual health, and mental health. No topic is off All guest appearances welcome. This platform is to bring back the freedom of speech and allow everyone to feel their voice matters, no matter what the circumstances are. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Friday episode. I hope everybody is enjoying a little bit more detail of the hormones, what functions are working and what not working. Your comments and feedback have been really helpful. I've enjoyed diving into each conversation with each one of you on the individual circumstances that have been brought to me. It's actually really helpful and fun to hear all of the experiences and stories. Today, is very aligning to the doctor's appointment I had yesterday. So yesterday I did my 24-week checkup and it's funny and every doctor does their own practice and does their own thing. My sister and I were also discussing it. Her gestational diabetes test is at 28 weeks. Mine happened at 24 weeks. So I had my gestational diabetes test and we will not get the results until Monday. So no updates on that. However, today we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about diabetes. I find that when I was a weight loss manager with a company, I dealt besides thyroid, I dealt with a lot of other clientele with diabetes. And this can be in type one or type two. And fun story, I already had a glucose test. Part of my undergrad graduation final clinical, whatever we want to call it, was taking a glucose test. And we had to do it as if we were being tested for diabetes. So it was a very long test. At the time, I did not feel like the glucose tasted that wonky. I truly related it to like an Otter Pop or like a Kool-Aid But when your hormones are raging at a certain level and you take that glucose, it is gross. I chugged it in less than a minute. The front desk girls literally looked at me like I was probably crazy, but I did not care. I was not sitting and sipping on something that literally tastes so weird. It's not even bad. People make it sound like it's the worst thing possible. It's really not. It's just weird. It's super sugary. It makes your mouth taste weird. It's not something you want to go and be all like, oh, I'll have a glucose drink to rehydrate. No, it's not fun. (laughs) It's not something I recommend to just go out and do for fun. However, diabetes has three forms. You have your type one, you have your type two, you have your gestational, and then technically there is pre-diabetes. However, that's pre. It's giving you warning signs before you truly are diabetic. Why this relates to hormones and how this interplays between everything is because of insulin. Insulin is a hormone. It's made by the pancreas that helps glucose get to your cells. So that way it can be used for energy. Now we can dive a little bit more into each one. So type 1 diabetes, a lot of times people are born with this. A lot of times it is genetic. Type 1 diabetes is when your body makes little or no insulin. Your immune system attacks and destroys the cells in your pancreas that make up insulin. 
So a lot of times type 1 diabetes can be diagnosed in children and young adults and like I said, something at an earlier stage in life because it's more of a genetic background than it is an onset. However, I have had somebody I'm known, and this was way back in the day, that had an onset of type 1. And it wasn't genetic, and it wasn't that they were type 1 for so many years. It was an onset. However, that is type 1 diabetes, is when your body makes little or no insulin. Now, type 2 diabetes is the cells in your body don't use insulin properly. Okay, so one, makes little or no. Two, doesn't use insulin properly. The pancreas may be making insulin, but it's not making enough insulin to keep your blood glucose levels in the normal range. So a lot of times, health factors can be a big determination of type two. Type two can be like overweight, obesity, family history even too. So not even is type one genetics, type two can be just as genetically inherited as type two. You can also get it in childhood. A lot of times if your mom does have gestational diabetes, you as a child are more likely to get type two diabetes with onset of birth. So there's a lot into it. There's also with a healthier lifestyle, with what you eat, that is sometimes where I handled a lot more type 2 diabetic cases than I did type 1 diabetic. This is also where prediabetes can come into play as well. And before we get into gestational diabetes, I will touch slightly on prediabetes. So prediabetics is with the glucose levels that are higher than normal, but not high enough to be diagnosed. So that's why I said with normally that comes with type 2 diabetes. And that's why they kind of test like your A1C, they're going to test your glucose, they're going to test a lot of different things. So that way they can kind of see, well, is it type 1? Is it type 2? Is it the fact that little or no insulin is producing? Or is it the fact that the body isn't using insulin properly? And that's where they kind of go with it. Now, gestational diabetes. This is something that I'm going to touch on in different sections because from being pregnant and talking with a lot of other women who right now in this same stage is pregnant, it is so hard to pinpoint exactly what causes gestational diabetes. And there are so many fingers that get pointed at different directions and that's not true and it's not, there's no one cause. So with gestational diabetes, it's, it happens during the development of being pregnant. Most of the time, it goes away after the baby is born. However, if gestational diabetes is something that happens, again, you get the risk of passing it into your child onto birth of type 2 diabetes, as well as you typically are now at a higher risk for getting type 2 diabetes if diagnosed with gestational diabetes. So... With gestational diabetes, yes, it can come from the nutrition that you eat. And if you followed closely with the first trimester podcast episode that I did back in May, you know I had the roughest time. And we know from back in the beginning of the year, I made a 180 of no preservatives, no dye, no caffeine, nothing. Throughout my pregnancy, everything has come back into my life because 
I don't keep healthy foods down. I try smoothies. I throw them up. I try healthy lean proteins. I do either can't get them down my throat or I throw them up. Things don't look the same as they did for me when I wasn't pregnant. And yes, I absolutely, 100% miss my body. Not miss my body in the fact that like an image, I miss the way I used to eat and the way I used to do things. However, my job as a mom is to provide this baby what I can and how I can. So if it comes down to me throwing up or me eating something that has preservatives and dye in it, I will make sure that this baby is fed and not malnourished because I'm throwing up and trying to force myself to eat something my body's rejecting. Plain and simple. If gestational diabetes does happen because of that reason, I am happy that I have the education and the knowledge that if anything was to come to my child, me, or a situation, I am well-educated and prepared to help transform that healthy lifestyle getting through this period of our life. But the reason why I say that is that isn't just the only cause. Food is not the main reason. And a lot of females, as we're in pregnancy and we're trying to eat and keep things down, we're also being society shamed for what we eat because of gestational diabetes. And it's not fair because there are so many things that go into play. For instance, I was talking to a friend of mine and in their trimester, their baby's progressing forward. Well, with that, that puts them at risk for gestational diabetes. There are certain causes that just happen. When it does happen, that is why you work closely with your healthcare provider, your nutritionist, your health coach, whatever that looks like, and you take the proper strategies. I was talking to another friend of mine. I'm really close with her. She had gestational diabetes with her second child. And me sharing my fear of getting gestational diabetes, I asked her, well, what happened? They, she said, I just had to monitor my sugars. I said, oh, your girl's fine. You're fine. Nothing from that? Nope. Everything's fine. We're all healthy. So society can put such a red scarlet A on you for certain things, but it doesn't mean that's how it's always going to play out. And when you Google and you WebMD yourself, it automatically goes into you're diabetic. No, (laughs) that's not always the case. If it happens, you take care of it as it comes. You eat the way you need to nourish your body. If I just randomly started eating healthy and keep throwing up, My baby isn't going to get any nutrients anyways. So enough about gestational diabetes. Moving back into type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a huge American pandemic. And we can shake at the word pandemic because of COVID-19. But let's be real. The FDA is approving things to go through our food that probably should not be in our food. I don't even want to say probably. It should not be in our food. There are so many fast food places There are so many preservatives. There are so many things out there that is hurting our bodies. And the biggest thing they're just pushing is medicine. Oh, you have a lifestyle? No worries. Just take this metformin. Just take this insulin. Just take this and you'll be okay. No, 
that's not okay. Eating right, eating to fuel your body nutritionally is what really needs to occur. And with type 2 diabetes, a lot of the clients that I worked with in the past that did have this, they transformed their whole lifestyle. They went into a more healthier balance where they did have their tacos or they did have a beer once in a while. They just didn't do it all the time. They started getting more vegetables involved. They started eating more fruits and less baked goods and sugary snacks that came out of a box. They started to exercise where they either went on walks with their partner or they would do something fun and recreational that fit their lifestyle, whether it be going to the gym, playing golf, going on a fun bike ride, whatever that looked like to them, they did it. And that's another thing people put a stigma on healthy lifestyle of you got to be going to the gym and you got to be exercising. That's not necessarily true. Physical activity can come in many different forms. You got to do what you like or life is going to take a really hard turn and you're going to resent your own life. Don't do that. Do stuff that's fun. Make recipes that are fun. There are a lot of blogs on the website that I have, Healthy Lifestyle, the number four fun, that show fun recipes. There is a few people I follow, dietetic bloggers, one of them named Jazz Leaf. She has the best recipes for healthy lifestyle. So there are resources out there. You just got to find them. And if you need help, please reach out. Let me know. Life is not meant to be miserable and eat cold broccoli and think that you're healthy. Unless you like cold broccoli, then eat it away. That's fine. But if you do not like cold broccoli and you're really struggling to just choke down your food, reach out. Let's balance your lifestyle. Let's make this fun for you. Let's transition your body into something that can be balanced. With type 1 diabetes, it's not something that's non-curable. It is something that is need to be just like type 2 diabetics. They need to be watched. Blood sugars need to be monitored. Lifestyle has to be a little bit different. And things have to look a little different. So again, with that in mind, reach out. Let me know how I can help and support you. Because even though type 1 is not as common as type 2 here in America, it is something that is still happening. And people don't have the right resources. And that's something I want to start putting out and being there for people as a support. Because diabetes comes in many different shapes and sizes. So please don't feel like you are not saved. (laughs) There are many ways that we can help. And if you are, you know, pre-diabetic, you went to your PCP or your endocrinologist and you guys are doing the work and you guys are finding out that you're at that pre-diabetic stage and you're scared and you don't know how to give up the lifestyle because you don't want to sacrifice your lifestyle. I am currently working with somebody that is in that type of situation And the best part is, is I'm showing them balance. I'm showing them how to have their cake and eat it too. And they are finally enjoying life. They're feeling better. Their energy is up. Their metabolism is on fire. And everything is getting better for them because I let them know that it was okay and showing them how it was okay. And guiding them each step of the way when they were doing something. So... I know this might be a little bit shorter of an episode, not much more we can address on diabetes. I want you guys please to make sure that you are checking in, 
with your healthcare providers, making sure you're doing proper blood work, staying healthy, getting those numbers back so that way in case anything is a red flag, you can get it addressed and that way we can kind of help you no matter what the situation looks like. Next week, we'll dive in a little bit more. I will verify whether or not your girl got diagnosed with gestational diabetes or not. But the hormone series keeps on continuing. We're going a little bit more into health and weight loss topics, but not as heavy as you think. So stay tuned for the following weeks and we'll dive into that. I hope you guys have a really great week. If you like today's podcast, please make sure to subscribe and listen every Friday like, comment, and share so others can enjoy just like you.